Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. Sorry for the delay for this week's episode. Um, I celebrated a birthday on Sunday, so I uh, turned 30, so I wanted to take a few days off. Um, got to celebrate over the weekend, uh, so that was fun. Made it to 30. Um, for this episode, wanted to uh, do my picks for week three. The NFL season discussed the Nick Chubb injury. Uh, very gruesome there. Uh, new show I've been watching, Changeling on uh, Apple TV. It's been um, very good. I binge-watched the first five episodes, so we'll discuss that. Uh, I want to talk about a little baseball, about the Padres and their massive disaster that keeps happening. Um, and, uh, yeah, even though they have a massive payroll there, uh, they've just been a disaster. And There was a, uh, a report on the details of that. And then wanted to do a, a pack 2 or a POC-2 update, uh, formerly known as a PAC-12. Uh, so what Washington State and Oregon State plan to do. And then uh, Mel Tucker. want to talk about the former head coach of Michigan State football and why he got fired. Um, yeah, so we'll get into that. Um, let's start with, you know what, let's just get into it. Let's get started with Mel Tucker. Uh, Mel Tucker, was he signed one of the highest paying uh, head coaching jobs in college football he was okay at Colorado and then they brought him in to Michigan State Um, well he was fired for cause and it was because he uh, was a creep um, and harassing uh, Brenda Tracy if you don't know who Brenda Tracy is this ties into Oregon State as well this is a a black guy on um, Oregon State University me being a, an alum there, a future alum there, and uh, a big supporter. Um, you know, every school has um, has issues. In, and with Brenda Tracy, this was in 1996, 98, or like early 2000s, I think, something like that, like 2001 maybe. Um, but it was a while, it was a long time ago. But um, what happened was that um, she was a student at Oregon State went to a party and um at that party um, i think she had she had gone to like an uh, uh, one of the football players like off campus housing like apartments or something and uh she was gang raped by uh two oregon state football players and then one i think there was a high school player and then somebody from uh, a junior college if i have my details correctly um the university oregon state uh, unfortunately was um trying to cover it up and um but eventually there were charges there and um you know it kind of started this um uh like reporting with title nine and um following up on um assault claims and um it really changed the way um oregon state and also you know other universities uh handle these matters and um she has become an advocate for survivors and um she's she does like uh speaking engagements at you know local universities she's you know i i met her uh when i was first in college at oregon state she did a um she did like a greek life thing where she was talking to people in greek life and you know talking about how uh to prevent um you know sexual assaults and then how to uh, handle people who have dealt with sexual assaults and then also um you know how to prevent things and like what to look for um things like that so um you know now that's kind of what she does she's an advocate she's written books uh she is uh, a survivor 
uh, and by all accounts, you know, has been um, amazing person as far as um, you know, you know, changing trends at universities with especially with um, with athletics and um, you know because it's had because it was just something that happened with um, what's his name Matt Azaria or whatever um, when he was at San Diego there was a there was a gang rape of a, a of a cheerleader or no she was in high school she was like seventeen she went to a Halloween party she was gang raped by some of the players. Um, on the on San, San Diego State's football team, so uh, it happens a lot. But um, yeah, Brenda Tracy has been doing these. Uh, she just speaks to football teams and stuff about all that. And so Mel Tucker at Michigan State had hired her over the last couple of years, and um, he he had her talk to the football team about all this. And you know, hey, we need to we need we need to take action. We need to be good men and look out for women um and you know just protect and not you know commit right and so it was good you know she's gone she had gone there like four times and i guess they developed a little bit of a relationship and then he thought it was consensual and so he was he started sexually harassing brenda tracy brenda tracy who's there to talk to your fucking team about not harassing women and assaulting women and all this and and he's fucking harassing this the the main person like what the fuck um so then he and she had called him and um or no he called her and then he started like masturbating on the phone these are all these reports right um masturbating on the phone while talking to her and then all these text messages there's text message proof that um, he wanted to sneak into her hotel and have have sexual relations with her, but he's a married man. He's like, oh, my marriage is is boring. You know, I need to spice it up. I need I need a, I need a sugar baby. Like he just wanted to be with her, and she was like, you know, trying to keep the relationship friendly because they were friends, and you know they had been working together for a couple of years now. And then he just he kept forcing the issue of having a sexual relationship. And um, so she filed a complaint, but then she was also kind of annoyed that the, the complaint was made public, right? But when the the complaint was made public, so she had she had filed a, a harassment suit against him, and then uh, Michigan State fired him for cause, as they should have. So um, yeah, that that's what happened with Mel Tucker. He was being he was being a creep and trying to take advantage of the situation, and um, rightfully got called out for it, and rightfully lost his job because it's still continues to happen with people in positions of authority i do want to clarify that the matt azaria he was like the former punter for the buffalo bills and then um he was released because of the accusations with the san diego state football team uh, gang rape um he was found to not be part of that like i guess he wasn't at the party or he wasn't in the room or something but um he wasn't charged with anything just want to clarify that because it sounded like um well, saying he was charged or something, but there was, there was a, an incident that happened at, at San, San Diego State while he was on the team, but he he was not part of it. But that's um, where that can be confusing. And sorry about the um, the background noise. My gotta fix my microphone stand or get a new one there. Um, and then, so I wanted to get into Week Three NFL picks. Um, actually, let's do the Week Three picks last. I like that. I like that we end on the picks usually for the. Um, for the podcast uh yeah let's talk about the padres then uh so 
Padres, obviously high expectations. You know, as I talk about this, they are winners of seven straight games, eight and two of their last 10 games. So it looks like um, they, you know, they might be okay to end the season, but, um, you know, high expectations, high payroll, you know, great roster uh, for the most part, but they're at the 10th spot, 75 and 78 for the season. Uh, just beyond the Giants, uh, who are 76 and 77, and then right above Padres, and then you have the Mets there, who uh, were also a massive failure this season that we've talked about. Uh, but for the Padres, um, you know, there was a, a recent article. This was, I think, early last week, um, but you know that the that Bob Melvin has a lot of issues with the GM AJ Preller. They 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 just have no relationship at all. But then not only that. The the culture there uh, in San Diego, there's no winning culture there. No one's engaged. Uh, apparently, the team leader, and I want to say that in air quotes, is Manny Machado, who, by all accounts, is no leader. He was not a leader in Baltimore. He's the best player, but best player is not always a leader. Uh, you know, flamed out in L.A. was a problem there. Um, definitely not a leader. But I guess he's he's the one who sets the tone for the personality of the team, um, and even though there's no there's no leadership there, no actual winning culture, because he's never been a winning player. He's never been, um, you know, they haven't won a World Series with him. Like no one has, and um, he's just doesn't contribute to the team in that way. Like he's a great player, great stats, good player, but you know there's always been explosive arguments with him and juan soto or fucking um who's the other guy that they have um drawing a blank here but they always have problems like locker room issues there's always been like fights in front of everybody and and then it gets blown up on uh, social media and stuff but it doesn't get talked about a lot because i think because it's San Diego, you know, it's not the Dodgers or, you know, even the Mets or the Yankees or anything like that. Uh, but, you know, they have a lot of big names. They just got uh, Xander Bogarts. You know, they have Juan Soto there, you Darvish, Blake Snell, uh, Josh Hader. You know, they have big names, right? But they just don't have, you know, and I thought Bob Melvin was going to be a good, a great hire, actually, because he was a great uh, manager, I thought. In the for the uh, for the Oakland A's, you know, given their um, you know their their issues putting together a, a successful roster, but you know if the GM are having issues and the and the and the manager, and then you're being led by Manny Machado, who you know, as I mentioned, like the, he's just not the leader you need there. I don't know why I was drawing a blank, but I was talking about Tatis. He's the best player, but he's not. He's very immature, as we've seen. Um, with the PEDs and the suspensions, the injuries. Um, so there's a lot there. You know, Soto's up for a contract extension, but, you know, do they trade him and try to get maximize the return there? Do they just blow it up? Do they just get rid of Machado and Tatis? But Tatis is young enough, so maybe you want to build around him. Machado's already, I think it's like 29 to 30, something like that. Uh, so I would want to build around Soto and Tatis because they're both – you know, early early mid twenties, right there. I think Soto's like 24, 25. Um, but like, cause you know, roster wise, they're great. You know, they have a great roster. But if they don't have the culture and you know any leadership there, there's gonna be a lot of problems. Because uh, talent wise, like you know, the Giants, they don't have that talent like that. But there's 
you know, there's leadership there and they have a winning culture. Um, even though I'd rather, I think I'd rather have Bob Melvin than, um, Gabe Kapler, but you know, even, even with the, um, the lack of talent that, that, uh, the Giants have compared to the Padres, they're still like above them in the standings. They're basically the same record, even though the expectations weren't the same. Um, so not sure how San Diego handles it. Um, honestly, at this point, I'd probably blow it up because they're trying to compete with the Dodgers, but they're basically competing with the Giants and the Diamondbacks, but, you know, and the Dodgers are like 15 games ahead in first place. So um, not really the, the, to the teams you really want to be competing in that with in that way, right? Um, and then, okay, so moving on here to the Pack 2 um, So, you know, formerly the Pack 12 we had all our teams and, and our schools there, and it was, it was going to be great. And, yeah, everyone decided to leave. So now it is uh, just Oregon State and Washington State, um, so the Beavers and the Cougars. And they had filed a, a restraining order, actually, on, uh, against the Pac-12. And this restraining order discusses that the the board or the presidents, of the Pac-12, they can't meet. And I guess they're you know when they leave uh, a conference, they they have to, or no, they don't have to, but they are able to use funds like revenue from the Pac-12 from the conference, and they to use that to get into this new conference that they want that makes sense right and uh basically uh oregon state washington state filed a uh, restraining order so that the rest of the pac-12 members like the presidents they can't meet right and then if they can't meet then they can't um they can't decide to uh use the money to join another conference so they're, they're trying to block that basically and um they sent a bunch of you know messages and stuff, and and have spoken about George Klyovkov, the current um, commissioner of the Pac-12 conference, and they're they're going past him, and now they're using uh, Andrew Luck's father, Oliver Luck, as a consultant, right? And their plan is, I think, what they're going to do. They should announce something soon, right? Within the next couple weeks or so, they got to figure out their game plan. They they want to resurrect the Pac-12, right? It's going to be a rebranding, but it'll still be the Pac-12. And they're working together, which I love that they're working together. And um, they want to invite other schools who are par- part of the Mountain West, you know, smaller schools, and they want to bring them into the Pac-12 under that Pac-12 umbrella. Because they don't want to, like, go down. You know, it, it basically will be like Mountain West Plus, right? Since this is the Pac-12, but it's only two Pac-12 schools. But you know, Washington State and Oregon State don't want to go down to the Mountain West. You know, we've seen them play, you know, smaller schools like the Mountain West, and they just destroy them. Like, they just destroyed San Jose State or Portland State, whoever else they would play. Like, they just they destroy them so bad. Like, they would just be undefeated. It's, it's not fair, right? And they don't want to move down. So that's kind of what's happening now is that they're trying to resurrect the Pac-12, but we'll see if they're able to do that. Um, both schools do play each other this weekend. They play each other tomorrow, and um, that's the first time that they're going to play each other where they're both ranked. So it's a big game for that, but then also like university officials for both schools are, are meeting to to kind of decide and to kind of figure out uh, what's the game plan, like what happens next. Um, 
So that will be interesting to see, but I think that's the that's the move going forward. And it feels like it's the right move, honestly. But then also, forgot to mention, I did see a report. Um, I don't know if it was reliable, but I, I saw something that ESPN is fighting to add Washington State and, and Oregon State to the Big 12. They want to, like, they're willing to give them um, a piece of the TV money, right? And they want to resurrect or you know, bring them into the, to the big 12 and expand the big 12 because of the, the, um, the TV money. So if they're the ones who are the driving force for that, um, them being ESPN with the money, since they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, actually we'll give you guys more money. If you bring in Oregon state and Washington state, and then we'll give them their cut. And then you guys will get more whatever it is. If they're actually the driving force, then I think that happens. Um, and if I'm, you know, both of those universities, I would take a long look at that. Like, hey, do we want to be like the rest of these schools and then just completely um, dismantle the Pac-12, or do we want to jump in, jump ship there, and join the big the the Big Twelve? Um, I would prefer, honestly, if they just saved the Pac-12. I think it's just too important for too many universities and too many fan bases. Um, you know, and that the branding of the Pac-12 and the Pac-10, the Pac-8, every every iteration of it. It's just so important to sports history and to college football history and college sports. Um, it just would be a shame if, if the Pac-12 was gone forever. So I hope the leadership of both universities fight to um, continue that and to resurrect the Pac-12. Um, and I hope they, they don't join the Big 12 because I don't want to be – I'm not going to be a Big 12 fan. No, I do not like the Big 12. I'm not doing that. Um, so yeah, that's the update on the, the POC 2 or the PAC 2, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then I wanted to talk about a new show on, um, Apple TV called Changeling. It's starring, I don't know who the other actor, who the actress is in it, but the main guy in it is, um, Lakeith Stanfield. Um, he was in Atlanta. Um, he was also in, uh, Get Out in the beginning. He was the one that was like, that went missing, remember? Um, and then... He was also in Sorry to Bother You. He does a lot of a lot of good stuff. Um, enjoy him as an actor. Um, and then he is in this new one called Changeling, right? And he it follows him and his um, his wife, and they have a kid. And um, yeah, wife just I think she's dealing with like postpartum um, issues. And I'll tell you what happens because part of it because it's in the trailer. You can see what happens in the trailer. Basically, um, the wife and the kid go missing. And then there's like this, like he's like wrapped up in like this, like some kind of spell. And then he he's like experiencing, he had like these like dreams as a kid and they're coming back. And it's like, it's weird. There's like some weird, like there's kind of scary at times. And it's kind of like, it feels like it's kind of sci-fi, but then it's not. And then, I don't know. It's like really interesting. It, it's like, it's kind of crazy. And then it kind of goes back and forth between his past and um, his present and he's trying to like locate his his um, his wife and then his baby and um yeah so I, I binge watched like the first four episodes i want to say but now there there's like it's like a weekly release on apple tv um but yeah so that's called changeling uh new show it is uh it's pretty intense pretty intense but it's uh, very good so far so I, I highly recommend that one um, and then, yeah, we'll do our week three picks. Okay, so for the weekly picks, I want to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to pick five 
games that are that are like my locks. Like it's for sure, hundred percent in my opinion, it's happening. Um, so I feel safe betting on those. If you want to keep um, your parlay like smaller and then put more money, and then you can win a little bit, you know, a little bit more that way. Or or if you need my five surefire picks, and then you know you can add in like three or four or more that you feel pretty confident about. Then we could add it that way. That'd be good. Uh, okay, so I'm going to do my five locks of the week. Uh, first one is Buffalo Bills uh, at Washington Commanders. Bills are only favored by six. Uh, Commanders are a little bit better, but um, that Bills defense is good. And I think Josh Allen is you know due for a uh, minimal turnover game. <laughs> um, so I'm going Buffalo. That They're minus 260 in that one. Next lock is Miami Dolphins at home against the Broncos. Uh, we've seen the Broncos, right, um, early in the season. Just, you know, not very good. About the same stuff. Uh, Dolphins, though, they've been amazing. And, uh, you know, Broncos defense is pretty good, but, you know, that Dolphins offense is uh, pretty dynamic. Um, they're favored by 6.5. I'm going the money line is minus 300. Um, next one is the Baltimore Ravens, minus 400 at home. They're favored 7.5. Um, they're undefeated. Uh, defense is looking good. Uh, the Colts, though, Anthony Richardson is out. Um, I like them with Anthony Richardson, but in this game, without him, um, I'm taking Baltimore at home. And then my next one is, which one did I have? Uh, the Chiefs at home against the Bears, 12.5 point favorites. Uh, minus 850. Uh, the Bears have been, they're awful right now. Uh, Justin Fields had his comments that he thinks it might be coaching due to his poor play uh, because he feels robotic out there. Not something you want to hear from your leader in Justin Fields. Uh, so I'm going Chiefs, minus 850. My fifth lock of the week is the Dallas Cowboys, minus 800. They're favored, also favored by 12.5 points. Against the Arizona Cardinals, who are still playing, I think, Josh Dobbs. Um, Cowboys defense is great, even with the loss of Diggs. Uh, Michael Parsons, you know, o- always in the discussion for defensive player in the year of the year there. So uh, Cardinals have really nothing going on there. So um, those are my five picks. Those are all heavily favored uh, teams uh, to win, but that's, that's what who I have winning those um so we'll just go through the regular picks here uh falcons at the lions um falcons have are off to a good start you know i, I think their running game is going to be the key to their success um i forget that i don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name i haven't heard of him but him and bajan robinson um have been very dynamic there um splitting a lot of carries um catching pass out of the backfield um you know they don't even have cordell patterson playing yet but once he's playing then he's going to be um, an option there for um, out of the wide receiver position and also running back him and Drake London. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the I like the Falcons, but I'm going to take the Lions minus 165 at home, favored by three. That line is is pretty um, is pretty nice uh, to Atlanta, um, even even considering their their strong start. But um, yeah, I'll take Detroit minus 165. Um, Texans at Jaguars. I wanted to put the Jaguars in my uh, my locks too. Um, I would feel good about betting them at home. Seven and a half point favorites, uh, minus four twenty. Um, Houston, you know, um, they're showing some signs actually. I really like that wide receiver they have, the rookie uh, Nico Collins. 
he's been good too. He's been um, he's been getting a lot of targets, a lot of catches, and uh, fantasy wise, you know, you could pick him up in a lot of your leagues. I have him in both my leagues. Um, I'm starting him this week for sure. But um, Jacksonville, that's a lock. Um, I was telling you b- before the season, I think uh, my preview episode that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to have a big year for sure. Going to have a big year. Um, they're winning that division, but that could be another lock. Uh, Chargers at Vikings, two teams starting off 0-2, two teams with high expectations for themselves, and uh, two teams that um, that have crashed in the playoffs or have crashed late seasons and um, did not make the playoffs, but two teams that are very talented. You know, um, they have players that are at the top of their positions, you know, whether it be quarterback or running back for the Chargers or receiver for the Vikings and um, Vikings at home. The line is very interesting to me. Um, Vikings favored by one point at home. I'm going to take the Chargers on the road, minus 110, and I have the Vikings starting 0-3, which is dangerous because that team, what did they win, 13 games last year? Um, I had them, I think, winning 10 or 11. They're making the playoffs still. Maybe not the the division. I had the Detroit Lions win the division, but that's a, that's a start you don't want, especially with the Kirk Cousins there. Uh, Patriots at Jets. Um, Patriots favored two and a half points. You know the Jets situation with the quarterback is it's messed up. What happened with Aaron Rodgers? But you know they haven't signed any veteran yet, and I don't think they are. I think it might be Zach Wilson. Unfortunately, they unless they you know they could bring back Joe Flacco. Um, I'm just not a believer in Zach Wilson, so I'm not gonna pick. I'm not gonna pick them against anybody else in their division. Honestly, I think they're going to lose every divisional game without Aaron Rodgers. If, if they have Zach Wilson playing, they're going to lose um, every division game at least. But, you know, there's some games that they could probably win, but I need to see a lot more from Zach Wilson. Uh, so I'm taking the Patriots, minus 150. Uh, Saints at Packers. Packers are favored by one at home. Um, you know, Jordan Love has been nice, you know, early in the season. Uh, Aaron Jones is back healthy. Um, I guess the Saints are kind of good, which is kind of weird. But, you know, that game against the Titans was just, ugh, it was god-awful. Like, I didn't want to watch it. I'm like, this is fo- this is football? This is professional sports? Like, I don't want to watch this. Um, okay, I'm going Packers, minus 120. Uh, Titans at Browns. Speaking of the Titans, uh, Browns are favored three and a half. Um, I'm taking Cleveland at home, uh, minus 175. Tough loss for the Browns, though. Nick Chubb. Um, one of the I think he's like top two, top three running backs in the NFL. Um, he's always healthy. He always plays. Um, you know, he's a he's like a he seems like a good dude. Like he's, he interviews well. He seems like a hard worker. Like you know, you don't hear anything from him. You know, he's a good. He seems like a good teammate. Um, strong running back. You know, um, hard to take down. But that was a gruesome injury uh when the tackle by minka fitzpatrick completely towards acl he he might be out for a couple years like a year and a half like that that injury looked so bad um it just like tore his knee up um you know i'm not a doctor obviously but a lot of people a lot of professionals and people who have seen it were saying that he might have a hard time coming back from this and this might be his career um, which is very unfortunate, you know, very unfortunate for like a lot of a lot of reasons. But you know, mainly because he's just like it just seems like a good dude, and you hate to see this happen to good dudes. And now they signed Kareem Hunt, 
you know, who's not a good dude. They signed Kareem Hunt to kind of pick up the carry. So now they have Kareem Hunt and Deshaun Watson as quarterback, and then Kareem Hunt in the backfield. Like, wow, what a tandem, right? Like, you have your one good dude, and then you have Miles Garrett. So you had two good dudes that can shape up the Browns, and one of them goes down with a gruesome knee injury. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to be that guy, but if it was Deshaun Watson, like, I feel like that might be a little bit different, right? I don't know. That I, I shouldn't say that. That's a bad thing to say, but. Just everything with the with the massages and all that stuff, like you know, there was some people that were hurt by that, you know, and and he's just not very, he's not very apologetic, you know. He seems like he knows he got away with something. He's kind of flaunting it, and it's really, it just really bothers me. But that's just me. I don't know. I don't know if other people feel the same way, but um, I'll I'll let you guys know how I feel. Uh, Panthers at Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks. Um, they're favored minus five and a half. Uh, minus two forty there. I, I I don't think the Panthers can be very good. The Panthers may win three or four games. It's like the Bears, the Panthers, the um, what's the other team? The Cardinals. Those are gonna be like the worst teams in the league. They're gonna like fight for the first draft pick, which the Cardinals want the first draft pick, right? Um, and then we have uh, Steelers at Raiders. Raiders are favored by two and a half points, minus one fifty. Uh, Steelers have an offense problem. Um, defensively, you know they're they're okay, they're okay, um, but their offense though, not good at all. Their offensive coordinator, the play calling is bad. Kenny Pickett looks lost out there. Looks the offense looks way too pedestrian, way too pedestrian. Like against San Francisco, they're just not good. Like the Browns too, you know. Like you know, so it was just they weren't that great, you know. Um, and I just I think there's a there's an issue with the offense for sure. Uh, and I'm not sure if if Kenny Pickett is that guy that he needs to be for them, right? Um, Raiders, you know, Jimmy G. Um, it's weird seeing him in a Raiders uniform. He's making some good throws. Like he's he's making throws that I didn't see him make in San Francisco as often. Um, he had that back shoulder fade to uh, uh, Devonte Adams. It was really nice. Like the ball placement was like perfect on that one. Um, he seems in control of the offense because he's familiar with Josh McDaniels, right? And um, I, I expect better games from Josh Jacobs as the season progresses. Um, I'm going for the I'm going with the Raiders, and I think the Raiders are kind of good, even though you know this last game, they're kind of in in the beginning, and then the Bills just pulled away. But you know the Bills are head and shoulders better than the Raiders, but the Raiders I think they'll flirt with the playoff spot, like eight or eight and nine, nine and eight kind of situation. Uh, but yeah, I have the Raiders in that game, and then we have what is it Sunday, Sunday night or Monday night, the twenty fifth. Uh, okay, so we have. Yeah, we have Tampa at home against the Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles uh, minus two ten. Tampa's undefeated right now, which is crazy. Um, and they've been playing. They've been looking like a good team actually. And I'm actually happy for uh, Baker Mayfield there to be doing that. So um, yeah, good for him. And yeah, those are our picks. I feel very confident about five of them, and then six if you want to include that Jacksonville one. Um, so let's see what our odds are. The odds are plus eighteen thousand. That's not that bad. That's not like crazy. If you put yeah, so if you put fifty bucks down on that one on my picks, you make nine thousand dollars according to this website that I'm using that does not sponsor me, so I will not mention it. Um, but yeah, so we'll do that. Uh, but yeah, that's all I have for this episode, and thanks for listening. And we'll be back hopefully. Actually, I work on Monday this week for the first time in a while, so maybe. It'll probably be like another like weekday, weeknight 
podcast episode. But uh, thanks for listening as always and enjoy your week.